0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to the 43rd episode of the Always Drive podcast, your weekly look at the latest news from the car, truck, and motorcycle industries where we take everything but ourselves seriously. I'm your host, Devlin Riggs, and I'm back in my home studio, a term still used loosely, uh, after a trip to Columbus, Ohio to see my wife's parents for the holidays. Uh, I'm happy to share that the trip was the last scheduled travel I have for the foreseeable future, and I, I honestly couldn't be happier about that right now. I, I mean, I know I, I recognize how fortunate I am to be able to travel and see new places and things, but as an introvert, it's, it's awfully nice to be able to stay around home for a little while. Uh, It also means I can focus a little more on the podcast and prepare an actual script for once in the past month. Uh, My car, however, uh, the Mazda 3 hatchback, is still feeling the strain from that Ohio trip. We drove back through Illinois and Indiana in driving snow, and the front of my car remains completely iced over with the exception of my headlights, which I scraped, uh, you know, for, for safety. Um, my washer fluid is also frozen solid, so I'll need to figure that out since it's not supposed to get above freezing here anytime for the next 10 days, according to WeatherBug. Um, but you didn't come to hear about my iced-over vehicle. You came to hear about other vehicles. Um, unfortunately, though, as my schedule slow down... Uh, slows down, so has the automotive world, because we actually don't have any big top stories for you to, for this week. Uh, but rest assured, there are still plenty of other headlines to get through here in episode 43. So here they are, your headlines for this week. Oops, oops. Even though deliveries of Tesla's Model 3 to non-employees just started a couple of weeks ago and the production delays have not, to our knowledge, been fixed to allow the company to meet its ambitious 500,000 production goal for next year, Elon Musk hopped on Twitter and Instagram this week to flash some shiny things at journalists and gearheads to try to get their attention focused on something more positive. Uh, first, it was a ridiculous wild goose chase about whether or not he was actually going to launch an old Tesla Roadster into space as payload on one of the upcoming SpaceX rockets. Uh, we're still not quite sure if it's going to happen, but hey, what a fun side quest. Uh, second, we learned that Tesla vehicles have a fun Santa mode through an Easter egg section of the infotainment system. Instead of your car on the display, it pops up as Santa's sleigh, and there are some reindeer when you, when you start to drive, apparently. Uh, it also turns your turn signal sound inside the car into sleigh bells, uh, which I can't imagine is not annoying or meets with the National Transportation and Safety Administration's guidelines. Um, Then on Boxing Day, which is the day after Christmas uh, and a fake holiday that nobody celebrates outside of England, Musk tweeted again about an electric pickup he's promised to build directly after the Model Y. Uh, If that wasn't enough, SpaceX's launch over Los Angeles caused at least one chain reaction accident in L.A. traffic when someone got caught watching it instead of the traffic, which isn't Tesla's or Musk's fault, but it just kind of sucks for those people with the newly wrecked cars. And guess what, Elon? We still haven't forgotten about the Model 3. Shame! The town of Leonia, New Jersey, will be closing off many of its roads to through traffic starting next week in response to ridiculous traffic congestion town officials are blaming on Waze and Google Maps. Apparently, due to traffic on nearby highways, navigation apps are advising drivers to get off the freeway and drive through tight residential streets to get around slowdowns, which is itself causing incredible slowdowns on these residential streets vexing local residents who can't even get out of their own driveways. The police chief, Tom Rowe, admits that this is an extreme measure, but it's not as extreme as eliminating the whole state of New Jersey, which has been New York's suggestion for years. Also starting January 1st, China will require automakers to cease production of more than 550 models of passenger vehicles that do not meet the country's fuel consumption standards. Uh, unlike certain western countries, uh, China says they are taking the issue of climate change very seriously, finally, and are working to reduce the smog that blankets large swaths of the eastern part of the country. If you're thinking that this ban will mostly affect dirty Chinese ripoff manufacturers, uh, you'd be wrong, because the ban affects models from Audi, Chevrolet, and Mercedes, among many others. Though the number sounds pretty high, it's apparently just a drop in the bucket in terms of the overall percentage of passenger cars that are produced in China, which gives you an idea of the volume that's taking place there. This also comes as the country ramps up electric vehicle production. Uh, The only problem here is that most of China's power still comes from coal plants, so those EVs aren't really going to fix that pollution problem China is so allegedly committed to fixing. In Virginia this week, two millennials were arrested for stealing an unlocked car from a resident's driveway, and while this normally wouldn't be a story, one of the perps was wearing a shirt that clearly says, trust me, in his mugshot. Uh, He's also sporting a very broken nose, cuts all over his face, swollen lips, and eyes that looks like he was bawling like he had just seen the first ten minutes of the Pixar movie Up. Be smart, people, and lock your damn doors, because people cannot be trusted to leave your shit alone, regardless what their bloodstained shirts say. I mentioned last week that Consumer Reports' list of the most satisfying cars was out, but I only focused on the SUV and crossover categories. Fortunately, there are actually other satisfying cars, and the top five include the Tesla Model S, the Porsche 911, Chevrolet Corvette, Lincoln Continental, and the massive Ford F-350. Um, Those were the top five overall, which means no crossovers in just one truck. We even got a rare Tesla sighting in a positive list, which just goes to show how far the Model S has come since its debut. Meanwhile, the Porsche is on the list because of just how little it's changed. There are actual metrics for this survey, but I suspect there's probably some strong fanboyism here at work. And I mean, if it wasn't just new cars, I bet you'd see the Bug-Eye WRX STI and the 1998 Acura Integra GSR on the list as well. There's a fascinating article from The Truth About Cars this week involving some insider information from the automotive lending industry, uh, which I know sounds as excruciating as watching a three-year-old's YouTube makeup tutorial, but bear with me for a second. Based on the information provided to the author, one in eight civil lawsuits in Detroit in 2017 involved a company suing its borrowers, and about 72% of those cases ended up with the company garnishing the wages of the borrower. This is a result of those deep subprime loans that are being offered to car buyers who can't afford to pay for vehicles outright and either haven't established or have established and have very bad credit. With the prevalence of these cases, it seems that these companies are offering these loans, planning that the borrower is going to default on them, and then utilizing an arsenal of attorneys to keep getting their money through the courts. There are still the 28% who get away with it, and I guess borrowers can just declare bankruptcy and probably clear themselves of the issue again, but it's just really depressing to see that these are the depths that banks are plumbing to extract blood from stones, and with the current administration's general attitude towards favoring companies over consumers, this is only going to get worse. Anyway, who wants a free ride to your chosen destination? Uh, An article in The Atlantic this week suggested that in the future we may not have to pay for Uber or Lyft rides, and they will instead be sponsored by some company who wants a captive audience to inject with their own marketing messaging. This could include anything from political ads to a stop at McDonald's along the route to your destination so you can see how great the golden arches look in your slurry, drunken state. Obviously, the first company to take advantage of this, however, will be Taco Bell, where no ride is complete without fourth meal. Hyundai and Kia this week revealed uh, new, that new vehicles from 2019 on could include artificial intelligence assistance, like we have seen on our phone in the form of Siri, Cortana, or Google Assistant, or in our homes like Google Home or Alexa. Ugh, cancel. Sorry, I don't know that one. I know. Playing songs by Snow Patrol from Devlin's Spotify. No, Alexa, stop. Knock, knock. Ugh. Who's there? Holly. I don't care. Holly who? Holly days are here again. Oh my God. What if God was one of us by Brian Woodicombe from Devlin's Spotify? Who's Brian? What? Oh no. (sighs) Anyway, look for that lovely feature in Hyundais and Kias and for those cars to be driven off cliffs with some frequency starting in 2019. Alexa. Cancel. Sweet. Jesus. Moving on. Uh, Faraday Future was in the news this week after what seems like a long time lurking in the shadows because their CEO and CEO of parent company Le Echo, Jia Yuting, has been ordered to return to China to square up some debts with other companies. In an order issued on Christmas Day, Yuting has until December 31st to get back to the country to fulfill his obligations on behalf of The uh, many companies who uh, he owns who are very much in the red. Uh, Conveniently, a spokesperson for LaEco says the founder's behavior won't have a major impact on the company. He didn't discuss anything about the impact of the massive debts, but that's probably just not worth even mentioning, right? Speaking of China, major automaker Geely, who owns Volvo and Lotus, has purchased a stake in Volvo Group, which is the company that makes all the big hauling tractor-trailer trucks, not crossovers and sumptuous wagons. The stock purchase equals about $3.3 billion, which is a major investment and will undoubtedly help Volvo Trucks' research and development efforts. It could also improve the sales of Volvo Trucks in China, which would magnify the impact of the investment. Uh, When reached for a comment about the forthcoming investment, a Volvo Group spokesperson said, This is a surprise, Clark. (laughs) This is just a real nice surprise. Just a real nice surprise. Few cars lend themselves to customization as well as minis do, and there's a massive aftermarket for roof graphics and Union Jack mirror covers and a slew of other decorations that in no way improve the vehicle, but definitely make it unique to the taste or sometimes the lack thereof, their owners. Um, well, many announced this week that buyers of new cars would have the ability to custom order 3D-printed pieces of trim— laser-etched door sills, and LED puddle lights with their own unique designs and other various obnoxious things that will make the car harder to resell. Because the last thing you want when looking at a used Mini is to find the name Caden etched onto the door sills, projected onto the ground outside the car, molded into the front fender scuttles, and embossed on the passenger side dashboard trim. Now, let's take a look at some of the new cars that we saw this week. you might see me in my well, with my head in my starting in 2018 you'll be able to order a new Mazda mx5 Miata with a red roof sure there are some other changes to the car like LED taillights and headlights and a new display which is uh, probably because of the new mandated backup camera um, but if you just can't ablo- abide a black top, like nearly every single other convertible ever has, now you don't have to anymore. Um, in Japan, however, uh, things are getting a little more razzle-dazzle from Mazda, uh, because they've just announced their new flare Wagon. And if that wasn't enough, they've also introduced the Flare Wagon Custom Style! Both are fairly normal-looking K-Vans, and the interior belies the name and is just about as spartan as they come. But hey, who doesn't want to roll around and saying they drive a flare wagon? And to that point, I was driving home this evening, and I was behind a Ram that had Power Wagon on the tailgate. And I, you know, uh, there's a, a stigma about pickup trucks being bought as a a form of overcompensation but when you put something like power wagon on the tailgate is that some sort of meta overcompensation or is it so outrageous that it cancels out the overcompensation i don't know email me also in japan suzuki has announced the new cross b which is spelled like xb but there is already a scion van named that so i guess they had to call it something else Uh, It's a cute little crossover thing with a tiny little turbo 1.0 liter engine, but it's all-wheel drive and very practical looking. Unfortunately, like all Suzuki's, this isn't coming to the States and is actually a Japan-only vehicle, which is a bummer because it's pretty cool looking. Uh, In America, though, we got something fairly different this week in the form of the Genovation GXE, which, if you google it, will look pretty familiar. Um, That's because it's essentially the latest generation Corvette Z06, um, but with its engine cut out and some big powerful batteries and electric motors installed. The result is 800 horsepower and 700 foot-pounds of instant torque that propel the car to 60 in less than 3 seconds and means that the car can hit a blistering 220 miles an hour. That is faster than the upcoming ZR1, let alone the Z06 it tore the engine out of. The range is only 130 miles, but you will get through those miles very, very quickly. Uh, unfortunately, all this performance comes at a cost, and that cost is actually $750,000, and they're only making 75 of them, but uh, with today's sports car market, they're probably already all sold out. Um, that's all for the new cars, and so with a somewhat somber tone, uh, I want to briefly take a look back at some of the cars that won't be coming back to showrooms in 2018. So. Here are the cars we lost this year. Spend all your time waiting for that second chance for a break that would make it okay. BMW 6 Series. Yes, it's growing into the 8 Series and what used to be the 5 Series GT will now be the 6 Series GT because BMW are idiots and make niche cars for literally 5 people in the world, but The car we knew as the 6 Series last rolled off the line this year. Mitsubishi Lancer. While it died for most when the evolution was discontinued, the Lancer wasn't a bad car. It just was never a great car. And we all wanted more from it than we got. Infinity FX slash QX70. Goodbye, old friend. Old, old, old friend. You were groundbreaking. You were beautiful. You were fast and agile and sounded great and served a decent utility, but you weren't hip and new and your platform, great as it was, was maybe too great, and you shall now be resurrected as a shitty, big, fancy Nissan Rogue. It disgusts me. Adieu. Hyundai Azera. What? Hyundai still makes the Azera? Exactly. R.I.P. Smart 4-2. It will live on as an electric vehicle, but will no longer get the gasoline-powered version, which sucked and was awful, so good riddance. Nissan Quest. Forever the third wheel in the Toyota Sienna and Honda Odyssey Japanese minivan scene, the Quest never got the respect it perhaps should have. Chrysler 200. Finally. Lexus CT200H. A big, fancy Prius with worse gas mileage and no performance improvement over its Toyota sibling. Were you doomed from the start? Volkswagen CC. A pretty sedan-coop thingy. There's no denying the Arteon is a significant improvement, but you were sexy, CC. We had our time and it's over. Let's remember fondly and move on with our lives. Jeep Patriot. A confusing mishmash that... Wasn't really good at anything and was too cheap to be a nice place to be. You were basically the Chrysler 200 of Jeeps. Bye, Felicia. Volkswagen Touareg. The poor man's Porsche Cayenne. And by poor, I mean still pretty rich because these things were crazy expensive for a so-called people's car. And the sizes didn't match up with expectations. And in America, baby size matters. Chevrolet SS. Corvette motor and a svelte sedan. Too bad the styling was easily confused with a Malibu. You could have been a star, but you're gone before you learn to shine. I blame GM. Dodge Viper. Sometimes the world simply isn't good enough to warrant the nice things we've had. After 25 years of V10 madness, of burning calves, shredding tires, and Nurburgring track records... We bid a very fond farewell to one of the most insane, truly American cars out there. You will be missed. So that's about it for this week's episode. Uh, For this week's call to action, I wanted to share with you a brief story from my trip to Huntsville last week. Um, I told my parents that I was going down to Huntsville for work, and they said, oh, you have a cousin down there. You should go meet them. And I'm like, I, I've never heard of this person that you're telling me I'm related to in a city I've never been to, so I, I don't think this is going to happen. Um, I was fully prepared to, to skip the whole thing, and my dad even called her. She's actually his cousin, but, uh, it, you know, it's some family thing. You know, cousin, second cousin, sometimes removed. Um, but I, I figured I'd work the whole day shooting photos, waiting for the light to change. Or it was supposed to rain, so I was probably going to be waiting for the rain to clear. But the rain cleared early. I got all my photos taken and... I got the work um, I needed to take care of figured out really quickly. So I had about an hour before I needed to get to the airport. So I just figured, you know, I I there are these people here. I don't know them, but they know of me. So I might as well go try to, you know, see them. And, and, and what's the worst that can happen, you know? I wind up saying, oh, well, thanks. is good to meet you. I'm going to the airport a little early because, you know, photography gear and extra security uh um, but I, I I met up with them I actually went to their house and it, it was great I, I you know I, I got to know this family for about an hour that um, I'm somehow related to but had no real knowledge of beforehand and what's even better the guy uh, my apparent cousin uh, cousin's husband uh, he's Australian and owns a brand new um, orange M3. So, we didn't have time to go out and take a ride in it, but I found, you know, not only did I have kin in Huntsville, my kin is actually interested in the same sort of things I am. So, I, I suppose the lesson here is that I, I, I want you guys to, to never discount the opportunity to go uh, to do, to do something new and to try to push your boundaries because I very easily could have said you know I am just going to go to the airport I'm going to take it easy I'm uh, just sit at my gate and read for a little while but I I you know packed my schedule to try to meet these people just to get out of my comfort zone and try something new and and I got to know some people who I will probably actually keep in touch with from now on because I know that they're they're interested in the same sort of things I am so uh, that, that was a pretty cool experience, and, and I'd encourage you guys to take the opportunity to do something similar if you have it presented to you. So thank you guys for listening uh, this week, and thanks to Nicholas Falcon for the intro song. Um, we're going to head into the next year next week, so I, I hope you guys had a good Christmas. It's Kwanzaa now, so if anybody celebrates that, Happy Kwanzaa, and uh, Happy New Year. I will talk to you guys again next week in 2018. And since we're all sad about the death of the Dodge Viper, and if you're not, you damn well should be, here's that glorious V8 one more time. Here, friends, is your moment of zen.